Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and this episode is a special brand new episode of my brand new podcast, The Disney Movie Marathon. If you've already been listening to this podcast for the last four plus years, you will recognize that title. I've been doing The Disney Movie Marathon since the beginning, but now I'm spinning it off into its own brand new show on its own brand new podcast feed with its own brand new YouTube channel. The two episodes going up here for Halloween are brand new episodes from this brand new podcast. I thought I would share them here as a Halloween treat and to give you an idea of what you can expect on the new show. If you like these, consider subscribing to the new podcast. Okay, without further ado, let's talk Hocus Pocus with Nikki and Katie. Hey everyone, it's Jonathan and welcome to the first of a two-part Halloween special on the Disney Movie Marathon. This week and next, I'm joined by Katie Fabric and Nikki from Trivial Theater, and we're talking about Hocus Pocus. This week we're talking about the original film from 1993, and next week we'll be talking about the sequel that was just released earlier this month. I had never seen Hocus Pocus before doing this podcast, so I went into this one completely blind. Which, I think, turned out for the best. I guess, first of all, have you guys seen this movie? Because I hadn't seen it before last oh, night. You hadn't? No, oh. I'd never seen this before. Oh, wow. That had to be quite an experience. From like, I'm curious to know your thoughts, because it is one of those movies that, like, it's one of those that you see as a kid and you go, you know, it kind of, nostalgia is part of the reason that you love it. I kind of wondered about that because I've seen people talk about this movie online. It's like one of those love it or hate it movies. Like people absolutely love this movie and other people are like, this is so overrated. I can't believe people like this. (laughs) And I didn't really know what to think. And I think I've come up somewhere in the middle. (laughs) It it definitely feels like, um, you know, a Christmas story. Like it feels I've talked to a lot of people. And if you saw it as a kid Mm. or, you know, it's something you grew up with. It has that nostalgia, that love. And if you just kind of saw it as an adult, you're either going to go or going to say, I don't get it. You know, it kind of reminded me of a Disney Channel movie, except with adult jokes like there are jokes in here that wouldn't fly on the Disney Channel. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) But would it fly on a vacuum? (laughs) And I didn't realize it was from 93. Like, for some reason, I was thinking it was, like, early 2000s. I didn't realize it was from all the way back in 93. Yeah, it definitely has that that feel of something that, from that era, you've got Mm -hmm. the kind of, like, the weird bullies and the the slightly, (laughs) you know, like, the slightly adult jokes and all of that. Yeah. 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 The bullies were terrible. Like, <laughs> not just not just terrible people. It was like very cringy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't you didn't, you didn't um uh shave ice into the back of your head as a as a teenager? No. <laughs> and miss it out. <laughs> what about you, Katie? Had, had you seen this before? I saw it once a couple years back because I was like, all right, everyone's all about this movie. And I went back and it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I ever really planned to watch this movie because it wasn't one I grew up with. I don't know that I even knew it existed when I was a kid. I don't think I'd heard about it until like Twitter, (laughs) like people talking about it online. Yeah. And it was like... Yeah, it doesn't really look that interesting. <laughs> but then when the new one was coming out, I was like, well, I suppose this could make for a good Halloween episode talking about this one. And then we'll do the 
second one next time. So otherwise, I don't think I would have watched it because it didn't really look, I don't know, it just looked like an old Disney <laughs> Channel movie and I didn't really care enough. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, that's kind of what it is because it was, it was, I, I think it did go out in theaters, but genuinely, you know, it, it was of that kind of that classic Disney Channel era. Mm-hmm. I think the main thing that sets this apart from other movies that would have been on the Disney Channel is that aside from like the kids, it stars three adults and like they're the focus of the movie, even if you're following the kids around mm-hmm. and you don't really get that with most Disney Channel movies. They're usually all about the kids and all about the kids adventures. There's not usually adult focused characters. Yeah. I'm trying to think back to like movies that were like this in like the eighties. So say um, like uh, Munchie or um movies of that nature or like uh garbage pail kids and i know those are terrible examples but like they're the only ones that come to mind but there i think this this is kind of a leftover bit from that era like at least with the way that the humor rolls because you go back to those eight those mo- those 80s you know quote unquote kids movies specifically um and they do not so much the following the adult thing but um it does still have that that kind of humor um i sink into the witches and it kind of follows that too like we do get a lot of adult kind of stuff going with that mm-hmm. to some extent yeah it does feel kind of like a leftover from the 80s because like even by the 90s most most movies were cleaner for kids not that this was like filthy or anything but they had way too many jokes about being a virgin <laughs> <laughs> It's like, why is that a focal point of this movie? Did you get Goonies vibes off this? Like, I kind of, I kind of got like a, a Goonies feel. I still haven't seen Goonies. Yeah. I haven't seen Goonies, but it gives me Goonie vibes from what I have seen of Goonies. Because okay. it's definitely like that, that kind of like, I don't know, not ultimate evil, but kind of like in Goonies, your main bad guys are a set of robbers. That yeah. are trying to do stuff. And in this one, you've got like these witches that are, you know, doing their thing. And the only way to stop them is these kids. No one else believes them. It kind of follows in that classic, like, kids have to save the day thing against these evil adults. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And the adults won't listen to them when they say, oh, there's, absolutely not. there's creepy adults chasing us all around town. And they're like, no. <laughs> That doesn't happen. It's the nineties. <laughs> but it, that is something that kind. Of, it doesn't happen. I don't know if it happens as much anymore. Like that whole like, oh, you know, we don't believe you because clearly we know our stuff, kind of a thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's at least from what I've. I feel like I don't watch a ton of kids movies other than like animation. I don't feel like that's a plot point that is used much these days. I think they more they try and make sure that kids know that they can go to adults if they need help instead of making adults seem like they don't believe anything kids ever say. I'm sure that exists somewhere, but I don't think it's as prevalent as it used to be because you yeah. could find that trope in a lot of old movies. Oh, 100%. I mean, that is like one of those classic and like we said, you know, kind of 80s, 90s, like the parents are just basically useless. One thing I think of now is a series of unfortunate events, which that one like takes that trope up to 11 though. And that's from the books. Like the kids 
the three kids are like the only smart people around. Like, no, not even other kids are as smart as the kids in a series of unfortunate events. So I guess that is one uh, that was a TV series, but they were basically movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we can talk about the three main characters, Winifred, Sarah, and Mary, played by Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy and A. Jimmy. They were the things that I liked most about the movie. Oh, they were fun. They were very they were so entertaining. <laughs> they were just ridiculous. Like, there, a lot of the movie was a little bit boring, especially like following the kids. I thought it was just kind of like, I just wanted to go back to the witches because they were ridiculous <laughs> seeing them explore modern day and getting confused by things. And it was, <laughs> it was funny. Um, the trivia for this was saying that um, Bette Midler, to get Winifred, she pulled from both Margaret Hamilton's character in um, Wizard of Oz and Angelica Houston's character in um, The Witches to get mm, her okay. as inspiration. So, And a- another thing that kind of surprised me was, for some reason, I didn't realize that they were evil. Like, I don't know why, but I thought that they were like, three good witches <laughs> I, I didn't i didn't realize that the point of the movie was them coming back and wanting to suck out the the essence of children so they could live forever <laughs> even like some of the and i know we'll kind of get into this and and it is definitely a point of contention among people but like at least for the style of humor that i tend to like like the little quippy bits that are kind of in there like if you turn on closed captioning and you catch all the little quips mm-hmm. here and there there are quite a few really quite clever lines that are kind of hidden throughout. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we can start into the movie itself. It starts with, well, it starts in the 18 or 1600s and it's following this teenage boy who wakes up and can't find his sister. And he goes outside and his friend points out this plume of pink smoke off in the distance and says look they conjure uh, i don't know why the, the pink smoke seemed very out of place but i guess magic whatever well you know they they got the the red green and uh purple kind of motif going yeah so you couldn't use one of those colors. very much they they definitely had like kids in mind when they were kind of like working on color palettes mm-hmm. from that perspective mm-hmm. but his sister was led away by one of the witches because they want to suck out her essence so that they can get de-age themselves. I don't think that taking her will make them live forever, but she's like the first step. Like they have this whole plan to steal a bunch of children and then live forever. I mean, that is kind of, you know, the, the, the ideal dream, you know, you, you pick up one kid, <laughs> you experiment to make sure that they work and then you pick up a bunch of kids and you know, you make it happen. Sounds slightly unethical, but okay. Come on, you and you and your you and your old school, you know, morals and stuff. You know full well that if you found a book of you know with a giant eye on the front of it that was sewn from human skin and answered to the name book, you know, you would you would do that same thing. I I don't know what I would do if I found a book that looked at me. (laughs) That would be very strange. It was definitely pulling um, Evil Dead Necronomicon, not not as scary, but definitely that that whole feel. Yeah. Well, this kid goes and he tells his friend to get his father and some of the elders. So they've <laughs> rounded up a big mob and he gives chase. 
and ends up falling down this ravine and he sees his sister being led into the cabin where the witches live and he's going around spying on them trying to see what they're doing and there's a line in here that i do know i've seen somewhere like probably in like a trailer for disney plus or something where where winnie looks out the window and says oh look another glorious morning makes me sick (laughs) (laughs) and that cracked me up i can see why that line has gone on to become somebody's favorite and there's that one there's also one later it's not so much a line but um you see her kind of standing there and she puts her finger on the side of her face and she just looks utterly bored with everything (laughs) (laughs) i think i've seen that picture used as a meme so they're all working on this spell and they're bickering a lot and their back and forth is amusing and he ends up climbing into the house through a window they're making this potion apparently one of the ingredients is a bit of their own tongue so i'm glad that wasn't more graphic than it was (laughs) i could have done without the sound effect it wasn't even like a gross sound effect but i it was just i didn't like that (laughs) (laughs) so they're giving this potion to the little girl but he interrupts them and dumps their potion out. And apparently they have force lightning because (laughs) (laughs) Winifred electrocutes him Emperor Palpatine style. (laughs) Also, I guess the cauldron wasn't hot because they're like full on touching it with their bare hands. That's true. (laughs) They're just that talented, you know what I mean? (laughs) It was just on simmer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But even though he's dumped out their potion they still had given the little girl something so they all start sucking in this glowing force that she's now emitting and they turn young and apparently she dies and as punishment for interfering the witches turn the boy into a cat and he's cursed to live forever as a cat like he can't die now and at that moment all the villagers arrive to kill the witches but before they're hung they recite this spell that will ensure their return and you also have a scene here where the cat is trying to get his father to notice him but he doesn't realize that it's his son and issues him away away with you beast i felt so bad for him is exactly what he said (laughs) it's like it's a cat (laughs) yeah but he was a black cat back in the 1600s like the whole bad luck if he's black that's true Um, that kind of ensures that he's alone he doesn't he he has to live forever but he has to live forever all by himself Mm -hmm. so then you cut to 300 years later and this story is being taught in a school for some reason i guess it's i guess it's literally history in this world that there was magical witches so i guess that makes sense but i don't know how this teacher knows this story because she's recalling the story of thackeray banks which is that boy that was turned into a cat but how did she know like nobody there saw it happen so i i don't know how this story has been passed down through the generations (laughs) well it takes place there in their town and they've got the museum and stuff but his his story specifically yeah it could just i'm sure it's probably a suspension of disbelief thing because teachers are magical I don't know. Although I guess you do find out later that the cat talks, so maybe he told somebody his story. You know what? It makes as much sense as anything in a Disney movie. (laughs) (laughs) 
So this teacher tells her students that this cat still guards the witch's house to prevent anyone from bringing them back to life. And there's a new kid in the class, Max, and he's scoffing at this story. And apparently he's from California, which means he's too cool for Salem or something. (laughs) (laughs) And he's acting all cool, trying to say, like, Halloween was invented by the candy companies. And this other girl, Allison, is like, I don't know, schooling him, like saying, oh, it's actually based on All Hallows Eve, the one night a year that people can return the dead can return to earth and all the other students are like cheering her on <laughs> <laughs> and, and they are very protective of their of uh, their holiday because this is salem i think yeah yeah and apparently max likes this so he asks her out for some reason even though she just totally schooled him <laughs> and after school max rides off into the woods through a graveyard and he meets two kids who are desperately trying to seem cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they want cigarettes because I guess all edgy teenagers in the 90s wanted cigarettes. <laughs> but Max doesn't have cigarettes, so they steal his shoes. And this is those two kids we were talking about earlier Ice and what was the other one's name? Ray. Another one syllable word yeah. <laughs> maybe it was jay either way they were my least favorite characters <laughs> they were so annoying he goes home and his mother notices his missing shoes but his dad dismisses it as some form of protest which was really dumb <laughs> but it seems like something that a stereotypical 90s teenage parent would say oh yeah oh kids these days they're protesting something (laughs) (laughs) well and you think about the those parents they would have been protesting in the 70s so (laughs) max goes upstairs and creepily starts cuddling his pillow calling it allison (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) which was really weird and then he's interrupted by his little sister danny which is even weirder that he would do that when he was when, when there's a chance that your little sister could be around. <laughs> <laughs> well, and whose sister hides in the closet? Apparently his. <laughs> <laughs> Danny wants Max to take her trick-or-treating, but he refuses and starts playing his drums. And then she screams like the most unholy child scream imaginable. <laughs> Like, that escalated quickly. Warning for headphone users. (laughs) Definitely. And you know what? She's the baby of the family. She knows how to get what she wants. Apparently, because it works. (laughs) The next scene is them actually going trick-or-treating. There's no explanation in between. It was just the scream, and now they're going. But they end up being interrupted by those bullies again. And they demand candy from her, but she's like not afraid. And then talking about her big brother, but he eventually just pays them off and they leave. He's mad at her and she wants to go home and he tries to make it up to her and she like instantly forgives him. So she must not have been that mad. (laughs) (laughs) They end up going to this very swanky house. And they just go inside for some reason, which I thought was very strange. <laughs> they like hang a sign outside that said, just walk in because there's nobody to greet them. They just walk in the door. 
but there's this giant bowl of full-size candy bars and they just start raiding the candy bowl and apparently it's allison's house and they have a very awkward conversation that i didn't understand and i was trying to figure out what they were talking about and i think that danny is talking about her boobs because she says yabos I've never yep. heard that term before, but that's the only contextual clue I could think of. I'm like, <laughs> what on earth is this scene? Who wrote this? You would be correct. That is, Diablos is an is a interesting way to describe boobs. Yeah. This seemed like something that Harvey Weinstein would put in a movie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I don't think that that would make it into it kids movie these days no definitely not oh no so then they have a conversation about the sanderson sisters and apparently allison's mom used to work at the local museum before it was shut down because a bunch of weird stuff happened in there which she doesn't really elaborate on do they ever no no it's i don't weird. think so they just abandoned it and i didn't realize that they were talking about like they made a museum out of the actual old house so they go back to that old house, but it looks like it's been abandoned since the 1600s because there's spider webs <laughs> everywhere. And I was very confused when Allison said that there should be a light switch around there. I was like, this was from the 1600s. Why would you think there's a light switch? But there was. And Max also finds a Zippo lighter, which wouldn't have existed then either. So I think it's just something left behind by a museum goer. I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's like the museum just like they're like, we're shutting you down can't clean up or anything <laughs> apparently it was it was strange I, I i guess they turned the house into a museum and then abandoned it again yeah we just leave the merchandise in there it's like like the gift shop get your free lighter yeah there was like it i did notice later there was like racks set up like with postcards or something yeah there's also a whole thing and obviously he picked up a zippo lighter but there was a lot of zippo lighters for a museum Burn your own witch. <laughs> was was the Zippo later like merch? Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> That's a strange piece of museum swag. <laughs> <laughs> One free lighter to burn your own witch. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. You know, it's an untapped market. They uh, they should look more into that. I wonder if they did something like that. There's a museum near where I live. It's the Danish immigrant. I don't know, Museum of Danish Immigrants. They changed the name recently. I don't remember what they... It's in a little town called Elkhorn, Iowa, which is near where I live. And I didn't realize that they had actual Danish celebrations, but they had one recently. And we went to the one last year, Sarah and I did. I think it was called, like, I'm, I'm probably going to mispronounce this, Sankhine Afton. It's like a solstice celebration. And they actually burnt a witch. <laughs> It was like oh a statue gosh. of a witch. <laughs> it was uh, an interesting evening. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> it was It was a random, interesting celebration. We talked about going back this year, but we're like, eh, we've done it once. <laughs> <laughs> burned one witch, you burned them all. That is true. <laughs> it's a nice museum. It was. It was interesting to go, but... I don't know. It was just a very random thing to go and suddenly they're setting up a witch statue and setting it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if it if it works for um if it works for like homecoming, 
you know, to, with a bonfire and stuff. Yeah, why, why not burn a witch? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have it near like where the main gathering of people was. They should have, and then we could have roasted marshmallows by it. <laughs> <laughs> Back on the uh, topic of gift shop lighters, maybe they were trying to pull in the kids because they're always wanting to smoke cigarettes and they're like, well, we can't sell <laughs> cigarettes, but we'll sell lighters because that's what all the cool kids want. You never know. Quite possible. I mean, I, mean, I wanted one of those when I was a kid. I actually have one somewhere. I think I got it for Christmas one year. I think it has a giraffe on it because I love giraffes. <laughs> Zippos were, I don't know why we wanted Zippos. Maybe other kids were like us and were strange and wanted Zippos. So they put them <laughs> in the gift shop. <laughs> I mean, they they are cool. You know, they've got that iconic, you know, flip it and go kind of a thing. So, yeah, that's why why we wanted them, except I don't know what we were going to use them for. I don't think I ever used it for anything. Just open and look at the fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a use. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they're exploring this museum slash witch's cabin and the cat is outside watching them. And they find a candle that can apparently raise the dead when lit by a virgin on Halloween night. And that's another thing that they just made way too much of. It was very weird. And Max wants to light this candle, but the cat attacks him before he can do anything. But even though he was just attacked by a cat when he suggests lighting this, he decides to do it anyway. And the entire house starts freaking out. The light bulbs explode and flames come up in their place. And the doors burst open and the witches are back. Winifred wakes up her living book and they start smelling the children and they're searching for them. And Danny jumps up and pretends that she's the one who brought them back. But of course they want to not eat her, but like, well, maybe they do want to eat her. I don't know. They, they, want, they want to kill her anyway. Either eat her or suck out her life force, whatever they wanted to do with her. Max jumps in to save her, but she has that force lightning again. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's down, but Allison jumps out and she's like beating them up. But the, And the cat jumps in. They're all fighting. And then Max gets up and says he's going to summon the burning rain of death. And he holds a Zippo lighter up to the sprinkler system. And the witches freak out and flee into the next room where there's not water coming down. Then the cat talks to them, and I'm like, if he could talk, why didn't he talk to his father when his father was <laughs> chewing him away? Well, looking at the trivia, it says that he couldn't talk until the candle was lit. Oh. But I don't, I, there wasn't anything specific that said that, so, yeah. Take I guess that well. makes sense, but then it also goes back on my theory earlier that the cat told somebody his story. So then I'm questioning how that teacher <laughs> knew about the cat again. <laughs> <laughs> the amazing power of, I don't know, teachers. <laughs> Knowledge. Yes. The more you know, that, that mighty, mighty rainbow of the more you know, it's, um, yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> The amazing power of because the scriptwriter wanted it to happen. <laughs> yes, because movie. So the cat tells Max to get this spell book, and the witches are screaming as he's stealing the book, but they don't move because burning rain of death. And they run out of the cabin, and they're all moaning, trapped in the other room, until one of them decides to taste the burning rain of death. <laughs> <laughs> and she declares that it is but water. 
And then her sisters start drinking and declare it most refreshing. (laughs) (laughs) They're like the main reasons why this movie was entertaining. (laughs) Their interactions with all the modern things. But you know, that's one thing too. Any of these movies, it's always the entertaining villain that makes (laughs) a movie good. In in a lot of these cases, when it comes to these kinds of movies. Yeah. I mean, a lot of like Disney movies, they're more famous for their villains the villains are more popular than the heroes in some cases and i think because they get that chance to be bad like even something like cruella the movie you know Mm -hmm. it it was such the you know you look at it as oh it's you know movie about what it's about but then it's like you know you get cruella and she's an entertaining character and she's engaging Mm -hmm. and she's got that dark funny going on and yeah well the dark funny is what gives these characters their appeal i'm sure that's what it gave them appeal for me anyway so they chase the kids but then they get distracted by the road because it's pavement as rich they would have never seen before (laughs) that's pretty good (laughs) and then they there's a fire truck approaching probably because of the sprinkler system going off and they run away screaming which is probably the funniest thing in the movie to me at that point I don't know why that just cracks me up screaming away from the fire truck. (laughs) (laughs) The kids end up getting into town to an old cemetery, which is apparently sacred ground where the witches can't go. He takes them to the grave of Billy Butcherson, who's apparently Winifred's dead lover, who she found with her sister, Sarah. So she sewed his mouth shut with a dull needle. Apparently. And Ouch. did she did she kill him right after that or what? Or yeah, she poisoned just... him too. Oh, yeah. okay. What a way to go. Yeah. <laughs> so the cat tells him to follow that follow him. He has something else to show them. Then you cut back to the cabin. The firemen are leaving, thinking that they've been tricked by teenagers again, which apparently is a regular occurrence on Halloween. And the witches think that they're witch hunters, which was amusing. <laughs> <laughs> That was a fascinating part to, to, and you know, it's not the first time you've seen like a duck out of water type of thing, but they did it in a really entertaining and kind of outside the box way with this, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Then Winifred tells her sisters that they have until sun up, otherwise they're going to turn back into dust. So they need to get the spell book back because they need to remake that poison that Thackeray, the teenager now cat, had dumped out that night. And if they get that poison back, they can kill a bunch of kids and stay young forever. And her sister, Sarah, is eating a bunch of spiders through that scene. (laughs) 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 Which was gross, but it made me laugh anyway. And she's just sitting there, you know, tossing them back as you do. (laughs) So Thackeray, the cat, brings them to his sister's grave. He tells them his story. And says he's been guarding the cabin so that no one would bring the witches back. And they have to keep the spellbook safe now. Max tries to burn it, but that doesn't work. And suddenly the witches arrive. And Sarah seems to be hitting on Max, which is also creepy. But she seems to hit on a bunch of people, including the zombie later. <laughs> so. Well, former lover. I mean, you know. You, oh, that's they're true. Both essentially, they're both essentially dead. So, you know. I guess so, yeah. I, Well, I guess that makes more sense then. (laughs) (laughs) They end up running back to the graveyard because apparently the witches can't follow them in there. 
But Winifred raises up the dead lover, Billy Butcherson, who is now a zombie, and Max knocks his head off, and they all jump into a crypt, which apparently is connected to the sewer for some reason, which I thought was strange. Like, why would the city connect a sewer line to a crypt? Because they really didn't like that person. (laughs) (laughs) So Winifred sends Billy down the hole after them, and he's to bring them back to her. And they go off to start collecting children so they can be ready once they make their potion. And then Mary suggests forming a calming circle, which was funny. But then they're (laughs) almost hit by a bus. (laughs) Then you had another weird line, but the uh, around the line was still funny. The driver and Winnie are flirting with each other, and he really misunderstands her desire for children. (laughs) (laughs) He ends up offering them a ride, and I loved their interactions with the bus. I thought that was hilarious. Would you would you consider this the the humor in here kind of similar to what Shrek does? Like it has that kind of multi-layered humor to some extent? Maybe a little. I think Shrek is more well, I don't know. Because you have lines like uh, you know, when they have the giant castle and Farquaad. Farquaad. Yeah. Farquaad. Lord Farquaad. Like, and Shrek goes, that's a big castle. You think he's compensating for something? Like, there's there are several lines kind of like that. Yeah. I guess so. I would say that Shrek, it's a little more innuendo-ish than this, because this seems more overt. That is true. I mean, I guess I guess the this one is more innuendo, but there's a lot of stuff that really isn't. Like, they're just straight up making jokes about virgins throughout this whole movie. So it's not like couching it in innuendo like shrek does i don't think shrek really makes any overtly dirty jokes does he like i haven't watched shrek in a while so i don't remember for sure i guess not really like it's depending upon where you're at and a kid might go dad what does he mean by whatever the joke is but yeah yeah i think you're right actually you also have a scene with this bus as the kids are coming out of the sewer the bus runs over the cat but he's fine he reinflates (laughs) (laughs) and the witches all get off the bus at a house full of trick-or-treaters and you can see one dressed as mrs potts which cracked me up it was like corporate synergy there (laughs) (laughs) i liked the scene where a little angel child says bless you to sarah and she's like screaming in agony (laughs) (laughs) well and even just the fact that they can smell kids but they can't see kids because they're all masked up. They think they're goblins or something or <laughs> gnomes. I don't remember what they called them, but they don't think that they're children at first. They realize later that they're all wearing costumes, but they're confused. <laughs> but then you get this old guy dressed as the devil and it's Gary Marshall. <laughs> I was not expecting a Gary Marshall cameo in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that that scene that when they first see him is hilarious. <laughs> They're screaming, Master! <laughs> I'm not sure why they think it's their master, because I'm assuming that, well, obviously they think that he's the real Satan, but like if they have actually seen Satan, you'd think that they would know that Satan doesn't look like an old man in pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he does. Who knows? <laughs> I 
would say that's probably what Satan actually looks like. That or, you know, they've been away for 300 years. You know, even Satan, Satan probably ages. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 20th century. You got to chill a little bit, you know? <laughs> okay, I, I like this. That's now my head cannon. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he settled down, he got himself a Mrs. Satan, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I think his wife is actually played by his sister. I'm pretty sure that I read that that was his sister, Penny Marshall. Like It could have been. Let's see. I'm not seeing a Mrs. Satan. <laughs> <laughs> On IMDb, she's credited as the master's wife, and it says Penny Marshall. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I didn't even recognize her. Younger sister of filmmakers Gary Marshall and Ronnie Hallen. But anyways, they get invited into the devil's house. And then some children come by dressed as them, like exactly like them. Like whoever made the history pictures of the witches was like extremely detailed and correct on their costumes because those kids were dressed exactly like them. <laughs> and they steal all their brooms. And I think that they fly away because it yeah. sounded like the brooms were taking off off camera. <laughs> and like they never come back. So you just assume they're living their best life. <laughs> <laughs> and that does yeah. lead to a super fun scene later, too. <laughs> and now I'm wondering where those little girls went. <laughs> Oh, let's they see. just fly off and now they're up in the sky forever. <laughs> <laughs> They found their way to the Willy Wonka factory and uh, <laughs> they took ownership of it and uh, they're now running it. Okay. Profits are up like 95%. <laughs> the real witches would be unhappy with this because they hate candy, apparently. Yes. <laughs> While all this is happening, the kids go and they try to get a police officer, but he's not actually a police officer. He's just a guy in a costume and he he still pretends to be a police officer, which seems illegal. Ah, it's <laughs> Halloween. You know, I mean, the rules are relaxed on Halloween. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and the kids eventually go off to find their parents at a party. But, of course, the parents don't believe them. The witches end up getting kicked out of the house by the master's wife and her little dog. Her little devil dog. <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and while the kids are trying to convince their parents the witches come into the party and there's another weird scene where sarah seems to be making out with a teenager if you can't do it on halloween when can you do it <laughs> um well i guess they're undead witches so i the laws man i guess they just don't apply to them <laughs> depends on how you yeah <laughs> Depend, depends on how you define, you know, relationships with dead witches, really. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I'm sure there would be a lot of legal issues if somebody came back from the dead, even if they weren't magic. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Anyway, Max is trying to convince the party about the witches. He interrupts the music. Then the witches take it like he's introducing them to the party and start doing a big musical number. So nobody believes them because they think this is all one big elaborate showpiece for this musical number. And in this scene, I thought there were three characters that were supposed to be the chorus from Little Shop of Horrors. I didn't know if you noticed them or not. Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, my God, that's <laughs> oh, awesome. Oh. I'm not 100% sure, but I, I thought so. 
they were kind of off to the side. That would make sense. And I'm sure if you looked in the background, there would probably be all kinds of little nods here and there. Mm-hmm. Probably. I'm sure there was lots of costume Easter eggs that I didn't notice. I mean, you caught the Mrs. Potts one, so that's <laughs> your one. That was like the most obvious one. <laughs> <laughs> so this musical number, I think, is supposed to make the party keep dancing until they die because nobody stops dancing and the parents never come home until the end of the movie once the spell is broken so work out though (laughs) i guess so (laughs) all you need to lose weight is get cursed by a witch (laughs) (laughs) the kids end up luring the witches away into the school and they lock them in a kiln and light it and the witches scream in agony while green smoke plumes out of the school and the kids run away thinking that they won and doing was, cartwheels <laughs> i was like the, the, that was too easy oh yay murder <laughs> they were quite happy after they killed the evil villains <laughs> is it murder if they were already dead though mm, the age-old question <laughs> chicken or egg levels of of you know philosophy going on here the kids all end up going home and getting into bed together, the cat included. Thackeray tells Max how much he misses his sister and that he should take good care of Danny. He, and at this point, this is right before they went and got into bed, he's going to leave, but then they decide to adopt him, so now he's going to be their cat. Aww. But then you cut back to the school, and all the green smoke is getting sucked back into the school, and the witches burst out of the kiln. You also have a scene here with the bullies. They're apparently TPing houses and talking about wanting to be peeping toms. And they end up insulting the witches and they capture them and put them in bird cages. <laughs> <laughs> the kids end up waking up at 5 a.m. and they realize that their parents aren't home yet. And Allison's going to go home because her parents are going to kill her because obviously it's 5 a.m. She's leaving, but then they start talking and decide that they're going to try and help the cat turn back into a human using the book. At this point, the witches have basically resigned themselves to death, but they look out and see that the kids, while looking in this book for a way to turn the cat back to human, have like lit up the sky with a beacon as they're reading. So the witches grab a broom, a mop, and a vacuum and fly off to get the book. I love that part so much. (laughs) (laughs) It made me wonder if that's where the show Sabrina the Teenage Witch got the idea to have the witches ride vacuums. Makes as much sense as anything. You know, because all that stuff comes from something else. Yeah. So they're reading the book and they read that they can protect themselves with a circle of salt but the cat interrupts them before they can get very far in it. But, of course, the witches are already on their way. But by the time Max and Allison go for the salt, the witches have already captured Danny and got the book back. And forced lightning to Max again. Yeah. The rule of threes. <laughs> <laughs> Three forced lightnings per film. Yes, the witches attack them, and Allison scatters salt around, but it doesn't really stop them. And they explode out of the house, like they literally explode part of the house as they leave, taking Danny and the book with them. Yeah, it is a really cool house. Yeah, there must have been a thing in the 90s with having people live in cool houses, because it it didn't look anything like it, but it reminded me of the Home Alone house. 
Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's got the it, that cool weird thing going. It's like <laughs> slightly higher than upper middle class, maybe. Yeah. It's like yeah. really nice. Like not a mansion, but really nice. All kinds of places to like hide and yeah. you know. And scare your brother and say, Ooh, <laughs> you're making out with Allison. You're creepily making out with a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah starts singing Come Little Children, which is apparently like a siren song for children, and all the children of the neighborhood start zombie walking towards them and following them back to their house. And Allison tells Max that somewhere in their battle, she heard the witches say that they had until sunup to save themselves. And then there was a weird line about wanting to make the sun come up faster, which I was like, just distract them until the sun comes up. You don't need to make the sun come up faster. <laughs> and I think they were doing that to set up a joke about daylight savings time. But it also didn't make sense because when they get back to the house, he bursts in and tells them that it's daylight savings time. And then the sun like instantly comes up behind him and the witches scream and run away. But like, they should know that that's not the sun <laughs> headlights on a car. Like, I mean, yeah, the witches are kind of dumb, but it didn't seem like they were that dumb. And like I said, the, the bullies were there in bird cages. So Max steals his shoes back and he kicks over their brew and the witches realize they've been tricked again, but there's still a little bit of potion left, enough to kill one kid. And Winifred wants Danny because Danny called her ugly earlier. And I was thinking, you literally have a horde of children walking towards your house. <laughs> you're you're postponing your inevitable death by focusing on one children, one <laughs> child. When you could take one of these. Not that I want a child to die, but you, it was, would have been a lot simpler to steal one of these kids that you already have rather than going after this one that you can't have. Well, yeah. you know, it, it's like it's like chasing that chasing that girl or that guy that, uh, you know, that your heart desires after, you know, she needed Danny because I don't know, fool's revenge. errand or something. Yeah. Revenge. Revenge is a bit dish best served over an open cauldron that isn't too hot. <laughs> yeah that was kind of the point i think that that was her downfalling that she decided to focus on revenge instead because the other sisters are like we got all these other children she's like no i want that one <laughs> yeah yeah well it is what her ends up doing her in you also have a very weird scene where she's flying after them while they're driving away and she's telling them to pull over let me see your driver's permit are you resisting arrest and i'm like how does she know any of these phrases <laughs> she studied up in the since 1600s well you see it's it's not known by many but they did actually have driver's licenses back in the back in the 16th century this <laughs> for go it was for goat carriages not for you know cars the way we know them today <laughs> okay i suppose that makes sense the kids end up making it back to the graveyard, but they're stopped by the zombie. Max has a pocket knife, which Billy, the zombie, uses to cut his mouth stitches. And he starts insulting Winifred, saying that he's been waiting centuries to say all that to her. <laughs> and he's now on their side. 
One kind of fun thing about this part. So the guy that played Billy was uh, Doug Jones, who mm-hmm. does a lot of like character stuff. Super skinny. Yeah, he uh, does. Yeah, he's an amazing actor. But he actually had like there's a part of that scene where moths come out of his mouth. And he mm-hmm. had live moths in his mouth. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'm not surprised, but also that's gross. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, they had some kind of a, they, they described it as like a latex, like pocket inside of his attached to um his dentures. So they wouldn't, sw- or so he wouldn't swallow them. Okay, so when that they, makes it a little bit better. Yeah. So they weren't in his mouth, in his mouth. They were like in his mouth in like a bag thing. All I could think of is that they were crawling all over his tongue, and that's disgusting. But the bag would have prevented that, so that is better. Yes. (laughs) The kids end up putting Danny into Billy's grave, and Allison pours salt all around them. The witches fly in on their cleaning instruments. I guess (laughs) the rules of the sacred ground only applies to the ground. Like, they can fly above it, I guess. It wasn't 100% clear, but that seemed to be the rules. <laughs> Is it weird that I hope that um, one of them shows up on a Roomba in the sequel? <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> you know, I can imagine them like standing on one foot with a Roomba, like ice skating around a room. <laughs> <laughs> The witches eventually do get Danny, but Thackeray attacks Winifred, causing her to drop the potion, which Max catches and drinks to save Danny. She decides to use him instead, so she flies him up in the air and is trying to suck out his life force. Uh, they end up falling to the ground, and she almost sucks up his life force or whatever was happening, but then she turns into a statue. So I guess, was that the curse of the sacred ground or something? I wasn't 100% sure what was I would have, yeah, that was, that. that was the curse of the sacred ground. But then the sun comes up and the other two sisters explode and then her statue explodes and they're dead again. And they'll never be back again ever. Until they are. <laughs> Dag nabbit. So Billy, zombie, goes back to sleep in his coffin and the cat is dead again, actually, for good, <laughs> because the spell has been broken. But his ghost of the boy that used that was the cat, or the the boy that was the cat that was the ghost, or whatever he is, <laughs> he's a ghost human now. <laughs> so he says that the witches are dead, so his soul is finally free. And then the ghost of his sister appears, and he whispers that. He will always be with Danny, and the two of them leave through the cemetery gates and disappear. Aww. And that's the end. Except there's credit scenes, because the cursed party is finally over and their parents are leaving. And the bullies are still in their bird cages, but the book's eye opens up. So I guess maybe that's looking towards the sequel. Chun, chun, I don't know. Chun. <laughs> But yeah, the bullies are still in the cages, so are they just going to leave them there to die? (laughs) I'd be okay with that. (laughs) This is the second movie. You see the house again, and there's two skeletons. (laughs) (laughs) Even even though that's really morbid, I kind of want that to be. Well, that's just rude. (laughs) 
Well, I don't like the characters, so I don't want them to come back. But having having <laughs> two skeletons in the bird cages would be <laughs> hilariously dark. <laughs> and you know what actually did them in? It wasn't hunger. It wasn't thirst. It was the fact that the one guy got cold feet because he lost his shirt. <laughs> and the other guy just died of cringe. That <laughs> is a deadly way to go. Yes. <laughs> So that's Hocus Pocus. It was better than I thought it was going to be. It wasn't amazing or anything. It had a lot of very cringy stuff in it, but I was entertained, especially by the witches. (laughs) And here's the question. Is it cringe looking at it from 2020 or was it just cringe generally? I'm just curious your perspective on that. I Well, I think all the creepy sexual humor is cringe looking back from 2020. I don't know that it would have been considered cringe then. I think the bullies would have been considered cringe no matter when they were. (laughs) True. Very true. (laughs) Yeah, I think that a lot of the humor just didn't age well, and that's why that part isn't good. But the humor with the witches and interacting with modern day stuff, that aged fine. That was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I still very much enjoy this one, but I kind of grew up with it too. So, you know, there's, again, we talked about it, but it's kind of that nostalgia thing. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say it's a great movie because it really isn't, Yeah. but it's one of those that I watch every kind of spooky season because it's just tradition. It's like I watch Arsenic and Old Lace from the 40s. It's kind of that same, it's on my docket of things that just Halloween isn't right or isn't complete until that happens. Yeah. I don't know that this will go into my regular rewatch schedule. Not that I have a regular rewatch schedule, <laughs> but I don't see this one being one I come back to very often. But if I did watch it again, I think I would find it funny. I think it's funny enough that it could warrant a rewatch. I wouldn't rewatch it with everybody. I wouldn't recommend it to everybody, especially with some of the humor. But just for me, the witches were funny enough that I would watch them again. <laughs> How about you, Katie? Uh, yeah, like, it's a movie I'd probably, like, revisit every so often. But, like, I feel like it's a movie you have to have a nostalgic attachment to, mm-hmm. and I just don't have that. Mm-hmm. I had fun with it, though. Um, I enjoyed it more on my second watch than the first, just because everyone was telling me how amazing it was. So I had lower expectations um, the second time around. I was like, oh, I remember not enjoying this movie very much. But when I watched it again, I was like, oh, it's it's not as bad as I remember just because I was kind of disappointed the first time I watched it. Yeah, I think low expectations does help because I went in thinking it was going to be terrible. Because <laughs> I, I figured, like, with everybody saying how amazing it was, but then you also had people talking about how terrible it was, I figured yeah. that the people talking about how amazing it was probably were looking at it with nostalgia goggles, and they probably were overhyping it in their mind because of nostalgia so i figured with me having no nostalgia not even knowing about the movie when i was a kid like i literally had no idea this movie existed till a few years ago i figured there's no way that i could enjoy it as much as they did yeah and i don't think i did enjoy it as much as they did but i enjoyed it more than i thought i would (laughs) yeah and i think with movies like this that is kind of a good middle ground Mm -hmm. on the um the whole virgin humor do you think that was kind of like an inside um joke about like how horror movies like it kind of almost felt like it was spoofing off horror movies at some point and especially like how the villains always kill like 
really like um teenagers and all they really care about is like sex and stuff do you think that was like a like a backwards like reversal of on this movie i that's kind of how i saw it because they always talk about it in terms of being a young woman but having it be a teenage boy instead i think they were were reversing that trope so in that in that way i guess it is clever if that's what they were going for but they they overplayed it too way too much in my opinion i i kind of assumed that they were going with the if you think like sacrifice and and supernatural forces it's oftentimes a virgin because of the the purity of that Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm that's that's kind of where i went with it and like the little sister kind of constantly bringing it up since she kind of poked at him a lot that's just like the one thing she latched on to and not to say that it was like it did get old it, it was like when you know the third or fourth mention it's like mm-hmm, okay you mm-hmm. know but i do think that that was like you know little sister poking at her brother like she knows it's the one thing that will set him off especially in front of this late and his lady friend mm-hmm. or not lady friend his you know wanna be girl that he just met that day yeah exactly (laughs) exactly but from that perspective uh, the virgin thing that's what i perceived that way just because there is so much emphasis on like that that when it comes to supernatural like magic-y type things Mm -hmm. like that purity of heart that's supposed to come with the virgin type of thing okay yeah again that's, that's that's my it's probably a combination honestly yeah they they probably were going for something like that, and it just didn't really age as well as they th- probably thought it would. <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed very weird to be talking about it with kids. It's the I, I mean, it's one of those things from that era of, well, coming out of the 80s, where that kind of humor was a little more prevalent than it is today. Well, I guess, does anybody have any final closing thoughts? I really, I don't know why, but I really like what they did. Like, I, for some reason, like, Mary's character really stood out as just kind of a fun and kind of a off-kilter type of character. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, and I didn't I didn't look her up from 93, but oh my god, like, at least by her, the headshot that they use on IMDb, I mean, she is gorgeous. Yeah. I, I saw that. I was like, she really looks nothing like her witch character. No. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see like how they, because obviously you do. It's it's been twenty nine years since that, <laughs> so you know I'm I'm sure that like the way she looked then versus now, it's probably night and day. But yeah, I, I'm just be interested to see how they how how her character translates in that respect. Because by and large, Bette Midler is still Bette Midler looking, and Sarah Jessica Parker is still very Sarah Jessica Parker looking. Mm-hmm. I just opened her IMDb page. I don't know why this didn't click for me before. She's Sister Mary Patrick in Sister Act. Oh, nice. <laughs> I I guess it's because of all her witch makeup that it didn't it didn't register. <laughs> I love Sister Act. Oh yeah. I that's like one of the only things that I actually watched when I was in the hospital with COVID. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> like, and she's a fun character. I, I flipped too. through the channels, but the only one I stuck with for one day was Sister Act. For the rest <laughs> of that was just on my phone. I am quite curious to see how they translate this kind of movie into a movie for nowadays with this. Yeah. Sequel. Yeah. I'm I'm wondering that too. I have a feeling they're not going to be talking about virgins very <laughs> yeah. much. If Probably at all. Not. <laughs> 
Well, and and how many? Because I said that Thorna Birch was scheduled to come back, but there was conflicts, like mm-hmm. just scheduling conflicts. I would wonder, but besides the Sanderson sisters, who's all going to be back? From what I read, only only the Sanderson sisters and Doug Jones as Billy Butcherson. Those oh, okay. are the only four returning characters. That would make sense because even to bring back like Max and obviously Allison, they at that time at least they were together. But to bring them back like that whole like multi generational thing, it's mm-hmm. been done so much. Yeah, it? it it makes more sense to have them come back and like focus on some new kids. Yeah. As long as it's fun, you know, that's, and I, from what I had heard, the, it, it follows very much in the spirit of the original. Okay. But, you know, that's early things. It's not like it's, well, I guess it is out now, but you know, it's, it's so subjective with people anymore. Yeah. yeah. With the second one, I've heard pretty much the same as the first one. Very mixed reviews, like people loving it, people hating it. So... I have a feeling I'm probably going to come somewhere in the middle like I did with the first one. I can't imagine that it'll be something that I hate. I think it'll just be fine. I'm hoping that it'll be more funny, confusing things in modern day with the witches, because that's my favorite thing about the first one, <laughs> just having them be so confused by technology and things. And that is one of the that fish out of water thing is something that across the board, like, it, it is kind of that funny because we all deal with it in one way, shape or form, whether it's older yeah. tech or newer tech. And mm-hmm. yeah. So, well, I guess we probably can close this one here. We will be back next week to talk about the sequel, find out how well it stands up to the original. You guys want to let people know where they can find you in the meantime, Katie. Yeah. You can uh, find me at Katie draws things on Twitter and Instagram where I definitely draw things. So. (laughs) (laughs) And your stuff is super adorable. Ah, thank you. I am updating more often. So, uh, I am starting to draw things. (laughs) You're picking it back up, but not after 25 years (laughs) (laughs) or 30 years or whatever it is. So. And what about you, Nikki? Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Trivial Theater. You can also find me on Twitter at Trivial Theater. And I do quite a wide array of random, obscure, and straight-up bad movie reviews. Okay. And they are very funny. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and they introduce you to movies that you probably otherwise would have no idea exist. <laughs> <laughs> I do what I can, but... I don't know if my if my channel is as funny as a Sanderson sister on a Roomba, but, you know, <laughs> I, I strive. Okay, well, until next week. Yep, yep. Adios! Thanks for listening to this episode of the Disney Movie Marathon. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to our YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well. Any relevant links will be in the description for easy access. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.